Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine, welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for French Quick Bite Sushi, where you can grab your miles with a side of smiles, take them on the run midday, in the afternoon, or a late night snack attack. No matter where you are, where you are going, we're going to go ahead and strap on in because this week we keep the conversation going on the World Marathon Majors. We pack up our Kit Kat bars from Tokyo and head back to the U.S. to explore the oldest U.S. marathon and infamous worldwide. Let's go to Boston Marathon. I am not a great Bostonian. I don't have the accent. My Boston knowledge before I became a runner was basically goodwill hunting. How do you like them apples? So oh my gosh. How Best do you like your ever. apples? Best movie ever. <laughs> I feel like we need to add that to people's much watch list while we get through it. How do I like my apples? I don't know. Do they even have a lot of apples in Boston? Boston I folks, you know, we have know. a lot of people in the brunch community in the Northeast. So of all of the world marathon majors, I am most nervous about this one because I feel like, first of all, we're going to mispronounce some of the cities. Second of all, we are going to be told <laughs> very gently that we got things wrong. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Look, we are equal when it comes to our pronunciation, no yeah. matter if it's international or local to the u.s or our area we're gonna butcher it we yeah. do our best but please know we are you know it is yeah. what it is but that's we, why you love us and exactly i'm excited to go to boston while we have talked about different marathons different majors i mean it's a unicorn yeah. I think right there, full out, it just becomes the top because it has a unicorn. I would wholeheartedly agree. Definitely funny because before I got super into the knowledge of Boston, my girl group and myself, we called ourselves like the Unicorn Running Club, didn't realize that it was actually copyrighted <laughs> yeah like okay well like i didn't realize that we could potentially upset folks with that because none of us even really had boston on our radar so let's get a little bit into the boston marathon history folks let's first and foremost let you know that we are going to give a very high level bird's eye view of the history if you want the really detailed history then head over to the boston baa.org website because there's just so much i mean if there's ever an opportunity I feel like also with New York City, um, probably we're going to see a lot with London, but just so much history in Boston. So this is basically going to be the fartlek version <laughs> of the Boston Marathon history. I think that's fair to say. I, I feel like it's like more like, a, I don't know, like a 100 meter version. But <laughs> the, the Boston Marathon is, of course, an annual marathon race hosted in actual several cities and towns in the greater Boston area in Eastern Massachusetts. I think that's the first and most important part is that it's not exclusive, like the course is not exclusive to just Boston proper, but it's traditionally held on Patriots Day, the third Monday of April. I also associate it very close to tax day, but maybe that's just me with money to make sure that I have my taxes in order before going to run a race. Hashtag uh, adulting. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that for most runners, Boston's more important than um, tax deadline. They'll figure they'll they'll file an extension or pay any penalties because they got to get themselves to Boston. Yeah. And it's and, ranked as the one of the world's best known races. I think so. It's so. Our, it's our hidden, not so hidden gem. I think so. Would you say so too? Like when you're talking to a non-runner, 
Would you say everybody knows Boston? Yeah, I feel this exact same way. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows Boston and it is the world's oldest annual marathon. Yeah, which is fascinating to me. So while it didn't necessarily like come to be from in being in Boston, it was it's still absolutely the annual because they have held it traditionally annually every year with the exclusion again of 2020 where they switched it to a virtual. So the Boston Marathon is open to runners 18 or older from any nation, but they must meet certain qualifying standards unless if you're a non-US runner and you can then snag a entry through a tour group or um, charity groups, but you can learn about that on the blog. In regards to history, as much as we think of Catherine Switzer being the first woman to run Boston, she actually was the first woman to run it as a bib entry entrant because she was not the first woman to run it. Roberta Gibb was in 1966. She didn't have an official race number. So essentially you could say that she kind of banded it, but we're going to give a buy on this one. I, I think so too. I feel like this one doesn't get a boo, right? Like... No, this doesn't get a boo. There was no yeah. boos. No, this was like good for you, Roberta, for making it happen even when it was denied to you. I think, again, when I think of the history, of, especially when I first started running, seeing those images of Catherine Switzer and being kind of surrounded by her her group of folks that were in her corner, her boyfriend at that time, and her college friends that were trying to protect her from the race director who was trying to pull her off the course. It was super powerful. So again, doesn't get a boo for her or her folks that were protecting her. The race director has since apologized for the record. So does he get a, a half boo? He gets a... <laughs> he get like a... Eh. But um, yeah, and it really... That photo, I think, mm. is quintessential history of Boston. Um, but in 1971, women were allowed to finally be officially part of the Boston Marathon without fear of getting, you know, yanked to the side by a race official. And eight women started that race and all eight finished that year. Girl power. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> that, gets a, that gets a whoop, whoop. But there has been a lot of talk about Boston Marathon because of the strict, strict guidelines of qualifying. They can always be so they can always be shown on the Boston Marathon website. You can visit them. And I think it's kind of fitting that it's a unicorn because you're always chasing those standards. You do a lot of times have to have a cushion. Mm -hmm. over and above what the cutoff time is to even make it in. I believe this past year, though, everybody who qualified at the standard, regardless of cushioning, as long as they did apply, they did receive an entry, which doesn't happen all the years. I think one year there was even, I want to say like a two or three minute cushion needed to even have a shot. But... There have been many memorable moments in the Boston Marathon, both good and some that we put as the not-so-great category. Uh, Boston Marathon was in the news in 2013 when the Boston bombing did take place uh, while the race was still in progress at 2.49 Eastern time, nearly three hours after the elites had crossed. And Kara Goucher actually wrote about it in her book that she had already been finished. She was in her hotel room when the bombings took place. And it happened 
two different times. Mm-hmm. They were first set off about 200 yards apart from Boylston Street. And then in the last 225 yards of the course, the race was halted. People weren't able to finish. Um, the toll took three lives of spectators and over 260 people were injured, both runners and non-runners alike. Yeah, that was a really tough period for most runners, I think, because I think it's kind of like one of those things where you remember exactly where you were at when you heard the news. Um, So again, it was one of those situations where it also allowed us to see the beauty of the sport and a lot of things in the community because the community really did come together. And again, we just um, had the 10-year anniversary of it. So we got to see some really wonderful stories of folks coming back from those injuries and being able to to run or have a special kinship to the race. So definitely, I would say that that is something and they do a wonderful job of really honoring those lives that were lost and those that were impacted at well, the I, finish line. I always love the male winner from that year, Lalisa DeCisa Benti. He donated his medal back to Boston and it's just it, it is such a hard time. The running world really did come together. And even the, the 2013 female winner, Rita Jeptu, uh, has said some beautiful things and done some beautiful things for the city of Boston. So it, again, it highlights where the running community can come together. And the entrance that on the regular side of the runners. If they did the halfway, at least of the course, they got a guaranteed entry, I think the year after, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's wonderful for folks. I also am sure that that made people feel really emotional. And I mean, we saw like Meb and Boston Strong come from it. So absolutely talk about turning some lemons into really powerful lemonade with rallying the community together. So I do love that. Of course, I know, and I can't even possibly talk to this because you have to talk about one of your favorite, favorite moments in the Boston Marathon history. Um, you want to talk about 2018? What happened yes. there? Okay. <laughs> I have I have the 2018 Boston Marathon recorded. It got me through my COVID quarantine two years ago because I watched it I'm not even going to geek out and tell you how many times I actually watched it, but the amazing Des Linden becoming the first American in 33 years to win the Boston Marathon for the U.S. women. And I, I channel it every time I'm running, even if it's like a little drizzle. If you have not watched it, you need to. And then also honorable mention to Shalane Flanagan for making the infamous 13 second bathroom break during the Boston Marathon and everybody lost their minds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, see, she uses porta potties. I just don't. (laughs) Well, I mean, there is that. I will say, while we didn't officially talk about a book to read for each individual race, because all of them do have some really great books, we, I will say that Des Linden's book was probably one of the most beautiful storytelling books I have ever read because the way that she created it with drawing the suspense of a story that we already knew or we thought we knew 
um, and interweaving it with the every other chapter kind of a way where there would be a little bit of a, a cliffhanger before she'd go into another aspect of her training or leading her up to that pivotal moment of making that win. I think everybody should definitely add that to their list if they haven't already read it, which is Choosing to Run. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. But again, I know you're not done talking about your elites before we move into the unique aspects of this specific race. So let's talk more about 2022, my friend. I love some history. Like this is where my historiness comes out is with the elites. Yeah. Because in 2022, Kenya's Prez Chipchichir became the fourth woman to win both Boston and Olympic marathon titles. So with her Boston win, Jep Chichir became the first athlete in history to win Olympic, Boston, and New York City marathon titles across their careers. Incredible. Talk about, like, seriously, talk about the GOAT. And I know that in the acting community, they have a really, like, illustrious group of folks that get, they call the EGOT, um, Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, and Tony Awards. Mm -hmm. Do we not have a version for running where, like, you have... Olympic Boston and New York. I don't know what to call that. An, an OBN. <laughs> an OBN. That sounds like a colonoscopy gone wrong. <laughs> You're right. It does. Let's not call it the OBN. Let's find so, or let's find something else. <laughs> Maybe we just call it the Chepchichir. Oh, Since she ooh, was the first to do it. Like, I'm going like for the Chepchichir. Thank you very much. I like it. That's definitely a way to go. Well, for us regular folks that are going to go, because I'm sure the bot that the elites have a very different experience of Boston week. Uh, let's talk about the unique aspects of this race. And I think that we have to say right here and now that this is a city that comes together for race weekend in a way that is completely unparalleled. And I don't think it's race weekend. I think that they really celebrate the entire race month, but at least race week. But before the race, while most of the majors that we've talked about, we've talked about boat tours. This is the one where, although they do have a waterway, you're going to want to do the bus tour. It sells out super fast. So the minute it opens up for registration, I would make sure to be on the website. We'll include the link here, the marathon tours, but you get to actually do the bus tour that runs the entire course and allows you to take in the sights, experiences, and of course the history while saving your legs before race day. I mean, talk about win-win. Now, normally I don't recommend driving the course before you run it because I feel like it can give a lot of anxiety. Oh my this gosh, is, me neither. This, is the, I, this yeah. is the one time I'm going to say, I just, screw the rule, like just do yeah. it. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You definitely want to soak in all of the different aspects of it. This is the one race that I actually even throw out my don't worry too much about spending time at the expo um, because I think that, again, this is an opportunity to kind of experience different presentations, speakers, uh, industry greats that you're definitely going to want to really like hone in on. So the entire experience, I would also say if you can snag a ticket for the official BAA 5k shakeout run, that's great. If you can't, I wouldn't worry too much about it because there are, I don't know, five bazillion organized club shakeout runs. Yeah. (laughs) Just a few. Yeah. Just, just a couple. So find one that speaks to you, um, be it 
maybe a charity that means a lot to you or a run club that you've associated with or maybe your favorite shoe. All of them will be there. All of them are doing shakeout runs. Just follow their social media and join in on the fun. I will say, again, talking about 2013, I find that it is really important to pay your respects to the Boston Marathon bombing victims at the memorial near the finish line um, because, again, it does go to show that resiliency of both the city, the community, and the sport. So I think that's another unique aspect. Now, race day, what makes it unique, Coach? Because this still, like, I, I still don't think that my brain was able to compute it even during training. That it's on a Monday? Yeah, like, what? I get so mad it's on a Monday. Like, talk about irrational reasons I get mad. It's because my daughter was out of school on Boston Monday. Yeah. And I had to not, I couldn't watch it. Like, I couldn't just sit in my pajamas with my coffee and my my snacks. I had to actually, like, adult. That's funny that you say that because I was going to say most people would want it to be a national holiday so they could take off from work and see it but I didn't think about the aspect so we have to have it a national holiday except for kiddos so they can go ahead and um, (laughs) I don't know all gathered together (laughs) maybe this is a good time to be transparent with everybody that the whole reason we became self-employed and opened our own business so we could take marathon Monday off (laughs) like I'm sorry I'm I'm ripping back the curtain I did use PTO for Boston Marathon that does not surprise me (laughs) So regardless of whether I am self-employed or not, if, um, yeah, that was something that was going to happen, or at least would talk to my employer about coming in late and staying late that day, because it's such a special day. So I would say it's, it's an experience that should be had. And at least if you can't experience it firsthand and cheering folks on, watching it as a televised event is always a lot of fun as well. Um, I love the Scream Tunnel. Now, I know there's been a lot of controversy around the Scream Tunnel because of the tradition of getting a kiss from the Wellesley girls, but I actually like the energy that you experience there. And I also love that kind of we see more of a female strong energy where some of the females now are going and snagging their own kiss from a Wellesley College girl. Of course, it's a kiss on the cheek. So it's just, to me, feels like a very unique aspect of the course. Um, if it's not Please your thing, tell me get it. Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It is playing. Because if not, again, missed opportunity. I, I didn't personally hear it, but I'm Come sure. On. <laughs> Guess it what could. I'm going to put? If I, if I run by Boston. I'm going to put it on a speaker. I'm going to borrow your Knox speaker and I'm going to blast that going through the scream tunnel. I think you're going to need like a bigger speaker because it is so loud there. I don't know that anyone's going to hear it, but I want you to be able to hear it as you get your, your kiss to girl and liking it, girl. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. Now, again, folks love the Sitco sign. I hate the Sitco sign because I Tell think it's, about the, that. it's the biggest liar. That Sitco sign, I have never, ever, like, Shakira talks about hips not lying. Well, Sitco signs do because... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I chased that Sitco sign for miles and miles and miles and miles and never actually got to the finish of it. But um, that could just be me and where I was at in my training in that run. So other people that were probably better trained enjoyed that Sitco sign and good for them. But I also think that the infamous 
right on Hereford and left on Boylston to soak in that unicorn finish line makes this the most unique. Now, what I want folks to take away from this after the marathon marathon is that you were a magical unicorn before you even towed up to that start line. So you don't necessarily need that medal to, to make you a special unicorn. But now that you have it in hand, go take three bazillion photos with it because I said so. I feel like especially too with Boston specifically, like wearing your medal after race day is something you need to do. I need, yeah. I feel like you need to wear that going around the city because I feel like the people of Boston specifically will just, they love that. It's, yep. it's your little badge of honor. Yeah. Shout out to the folks that were able to take place in that 2020 virtual and they have their unicorn medal as well. I hope that you guys take your photos with it and share it with us too, because again, that's your badge of honor because something's special about being able to complete 26.2 as a virtual without the screen tunnel. I think that's definitely a spirit of resiliency. Let's talk about food. Oh now, my God. Again, gonna... talk about a city that is trying to get me to leave Florida. Yeah. I feel like you're a Northeastern gal. I feel like I say that at every single place, but every single, the only place I felt like maybe you might be challenged with Team Savory was Berlin. But the rest of them so far, I think you'd be good to go. So tell me about what you would be, what you'd have for your carb loading and or your celebratory dinner there. Uh, clam chowder. For sure. I love myself some clam chowder at the lobster roll. So I love Florida lobster, but Mm -hmm. Maine lobster is such a different flavor and mixed with like the celery and the mayonnaise. And then usually it's like that brioche bun with the butter in it. I swear I am a Bostonian in a different life. So I have to ask you, let's take it back to the clam chowder. Do you like white clam chowder with the cream base or do you like the tomato spicy clam chowder with the tomato with tomato base? I'm more of the white. Okay, so cream base. Yeah. I feel like I don't know if I just, if I'm literally going to get actual hate mail about that. I don't know if the spicy tomato one is even considered a real clam chowder by Bostonians. So folks let us know. But um I feel like there's so many other options too. There's the roast, the the Yankee pot roast, which I didn't even know was a thing. And I love baked beans. But for Team Sweet, we've got cannolis and Boston cream pie. And I love <laughs> that this city has a little bit of a savory and sweet for folks that, that uh, maybe want to be team both, which is the maple bacon donut at Union Square Donuts. So I think mm. that, that speaks to a lot of hearts. Now, must-see movies and documentaries. While I do agree Goodwill Hunting should be at the top of just everybody's <laughs> list. Boston, the documentary that came out in 2018 is absolutely phenomenal. I left the movie theater in tears and stronger. The inspiring real life story of Jeff Bauman, a man who did actually survive the Boston Marathon bombing and, you know, kind of clawed his way back through recovery, inspired the entire city is another tearjerker. I don't know if that's a Shelby-friendly movie. It's very inspiring, though. Uh, I don't know. I do love the Boston, the documentary. I know we've talked about, like, when you're, like, low on motivation or if you're inside due to acclimate weather. Uh, Great, great movie to turn on or documentary to turn on while you're on the treadmill because it will inspire you. And while we didn't have an official follow feature, um, Adrian Hazlitt is a Boston bombing survivor, and mm-hmm. she is a great 
follow on social media. I can't recommend her enough. She actually did Boston um, most recently with Shalane Flanagan as her return to Boston. Great human being. Great follow on social media. 10 out of 10 recommend. I love that. Well, what we do 10 out of 10 recommend is the fact that here at Time for Brunch, we are celebrating our anniversary all month long. So friends, if you become a monthly Time for Brunch Plus supporter at any level this month, you get an exclusive anniversary gift to celebrate our anniversary of one year. But each support level, which we have four, has unique premium offerings. So head on over to the Time for Brunch website to learn more. And we want to express to you right here and now. We appreciate every single one of you. So whether you decide to join in with Time for Brunch Plus or you are listening in and downloading and sharing, we appreciate you guys being a part of our community. We want you to join us again with Time for Brunch, a long run edition that drops on Friday. Come back for more of these midweek quick bites where we start to make our way towards our final destination. We're going to head on over to Buckingham Palace in London. But regardless of when or where, we're going to keep serving up more miles with a side of major smiles. <laughs>